Hello, I'm your host Sarah and this is Insane. Welcome to episode 4 of the Insane podcast. I hope everyone is doing well. In today's episode, I'm going to be discussing the nature of the human from an Islamic philosophical perspective. And it's important to know this perspective because for the philosophies on peace and well-being to make sense, you've got to take into consideration how the philosophy views the human. I think I always stress this point that whenever you do come into the Islamic philosophy and try to understand it from an Islamic perspective, you've really got to be conscious or mindful of any other narrative or ideals that you bring in. Because if you come in with an ideal or a narrative that's contrary to the Islamic philosophy, the philosophies on peace and well-being won't make sense. So it's important that one considers the context and the framework of the philosophy when engaging with the Islamic philosophy. So according to Islam, the human consists of five aspects. One, the body. Two, the mind or the intellect. Three, the heart. Four, the soul. And five, the spirit. So peace and well-being in this context must recognise and incorporate all five aspects. Otherwise, it will be deemed as being deficient. Now, secular understandings of health and well-being really concentrate or are centred around the body and the mind. There's a lot of information out there in terms of health and well-being, so I won't be saying too much about that right now because I think we all are aware of these two human aspects in the context of well-being. And in the future, we certainly will be looking at the different techniques out there that are concerned with the mind and the body. Now, moving on to the heart. Now, the heart here is not the muscle that sits on the left-hand side of your chest responsible for pumping blood. The heart here has a much more deeper spiritual meaning in that the heart is considered to be the seat of truth and knowledge. There are verses in the Quran that state understanding happens through the heart and specifically understanding of God and God's nature or of the truth, whether that be the truth of God or the truth of the message of God. Of course, there are verses that do also state that understanding happens through the mind and the intellect, but it's important to point out the heart is included in reference to understanding. So if you like, it acts as a gatekeeper to the truth and to knowledge. And within the Islamic philosophy, it is thought that if the heart is in good condition, then the human state in general is in good condition. And therefore, there's a lot of teachings associated with the cleansing of the heart, which is usually associated with not just acts of worship, but also remembrance of God and good actions and keeping away from vice all ensure that the heart remains in good condition and susceptible to the truth. Now this truth not only includes the truth of God, but also the truth of 
who one is and what one is doing here on earth. And chiefly, what one is doing here is representing the divine. There is a verse in the Quran that states that before God created Adam, he informed those around him that he was going to be creating a representative, a deputy on earth. And so in essence, that is the role of the human. And ensuring that one has a clean heart ensures that one is always susceptible to that truth and to knowledge that leads to confirming that truth and reinforcing that truth. And this is all said to ensure that the human remains in a state of well-being. The realisation of this leads to peace. Now moving on to the soul. Now according to Islamic philosophy, the soul exists or can exist in three states. Now the standby mode, if you like, of the soul is the first state that I'm going to be discussing, which is the state of al-nafs al-ammara. Ammara here is translated to mean the soul that orders or commands. This is meant in a negative way. There is a Quranic verse that states that soul commands wrong. So it's default state, if you like, your soul is constantly wanting you to revert to really egoistic, animalistic, if you like, desires. It seeks to gratify really egocentric aims. It isn't really concerned with doing the right thing. It is only concerned with self-gratification. So from the soul, there's no real consideration about what is right and what is wrong from a godly perspective. In the well-being and peace context, the soul can be destructive. It can cause harm through emotional and psychological trauma. It can make your thoughts become quite destructive. It can encourage anger, frustration, self-demeaning thoughts. It can make you sensitive and paranoid about other people. It urges you to not take the higher ground, if you like, and to only think about one's self-gratification at that moment in time. So for example, you might want to be forgiving and you might want to forgive someone because you know it's the right thing to do, but the soul urges you to not do that, to think about your pride and to, you know, starts telling you that no, if you do forgive, it'll make you look weak, even though it might be the right thing to do, but the soul does not urge that. And it can also command negative thoughts with respect to God. So, you know, why is this happening to me? God must not love me. Or I thought God was merciful. Or you don't deserve mercy, etc, etc. And the second state the soul can be in is nefs al-lawama, or the self-critical soul. So in this state, you are conscious of your own imperfections. And this consciousness is inspired by the heart and you see the results of your own actions. But when you're in this state, you're aware of your own thoughts, that they may be negative, that they are destructive. You're in the state of a nafs al-lawama. And in this state, according to Islamic philosophy, there is anxiety and these feelings arise because of the tug that you're experiencing between doing what's right and then doing what you want to do. And then the third state is a nafs al-mutma'idna, which is a peaceful state. Mutma'idna means to feel at peace or to feel content. 
And in this state, it's said that the soul has surrendered and the person has managed to overcome the negative thought processes or negative behaviour through discipline, through self-awareness, through techniques such as mindfulness, if you have a lot of negative thoughts, etc. And in this state, according to Islamic philosophy, a person chooses to behave in the right way rather than choosing to succumb to the desires of a soul. And the fifth component is the spirit. God in the Quran states that he blew into man his spirit. The spirit is aware of the truth of heaven, of God, and the spirit regards that realm as its home. And perhaps this is why we can never feel a sense of completion or nothing really fulfills us in this world because we have the spirit that cannot be fulfilled by anything worldly that yearns for the heavenly. And that's it, that's the five components of being a human. I hope that it was interesting. And in the next episode, I hope to talk about spiritual intelligence. So I hope that you'll join me for that. If you have any questions, please feel free to ask me or you have a view to share, please do share it on the Instagram page. Until then, I'll have to love you and leave you. Do take care.